Thanks, Marg. Well, Christmas has come and gone for another year. But as we think about another year and speak about that, we acknowledge and realise, of course, that today we are on the dawn, not just of a new day tomorrow, but of a new, a new year. So today we're seeking to reflect on a number of things, on what takes place just after the Christmas story in Luke. And, and that's what Marg read to us. Immediately after the Christmas story, this is what follows. And uh, Mary and Joseph are, are still mentioned there. But we're also introduced to some other people that you might not be as familiar with, as Colin mentioned at the start, Simeon and Anna. Now, I'm fascinated by the people who book in the Christmas story, or by, by that I mean those who feature leading up to and just after the birth of Jesus. And leading up to was Zechariah and Elizabeth, and we looked at them earlier in the month. And they're not very prominent, uh, typically a, a, as a part of the Christmas story, but nevertheless they're significant. And the same with Simeon and Anna, who follow immediately after the birth of Jesus. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth are, uh, are, are a couple, and Mary and Joseph are a couple, but Simeon and Anna actually aren't a couple. They're two completely uh, separate and individual people. They, they just feature one after the other in the story of Jesus not long after his birth. So today we're going to look back at Christmas, but we're also going to look ahead to the dawn of a new year. And there's a number of questions that uh, for, for us each to consider out of these uh, verses in Luke in that. And we'll also do thing, be a little creative this morning. We've already encouraged you in sharing with one another, connecting with one another. I'll provide, as we go through our message, a number of different opportunities for you to personally reflect as well as an opportunity to, um, uh, to reflect a sharing amongst a smaller group of people around you, as well as an opportunity to share as a part of our wider group uh, church family this morning. This New Year's Eve uh, is an opportunity for, for us to um, engage with God, uh, connect with God and connect with one another, and we'll seek to uh, give opportunity for that in different ways. But the first question that arises out of verses 21 to 24 is what will I offer or present to the Lord? What will I offer or present to the Lord in the year ahead? Reflecting on what I've offered or presented to the Lord in the year gone by, but what will I offer or present to the Lord looking forward as well? Because that's what Mary and Joseph were doing. Verses 21 to 24, they were taking Jesus up to the temple and it says in verse 22, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And uh, as a part of that, there, there was sacrifice on their part. It says that they offered a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. Their sacrifice was a pair of doves or two young pigeon. And of course, that was the, the, the Old Testament. Uh, there was sacrifice required as a part of worship. But the question, that I, I guess, for us is what will we offer to the Lord or what will we present to the Lord into the year ahead? We've just experienced across the last week Christmas where people uh, offer gifts to one another. The, those that are significant in their life, uh, whether they're family, whether they're friends, they, they offer gifts. And uh, the gifts uh, are presented to one another and um, uh, that, that, that time typically now has come and gone. The wrapping paper's been collected up, they're put in the recycling bin and gifts don't typically continue to be offered like they were uh, at Christmas time. But Mary and Joseph 
didn't just present themselves to be available to God at Christmas. That was remarkable what they did as a part of the the Christmas story and the birth of Jesus. But as remarkable as that was, they actually continued to be willing to offer to the Lord whatever he called them to. These verses describe that. How they took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to God. But as I mentioned a moment ago, it also describes how it involved sacrifice on their part. Now they'd already They'd already sacrificed. They'd already played their part obediently at personal cost. But here they are, the days following the birth of Jesus, the next chapter of their lives. They are still, they are still, they are still presenting themselves and making themselves available to God in whatever way He was calling them to. As you and I enter a new year, what will we offer or present to the Lord in the next chapter? Chapter of our lives, of our time, of our energies and talents, of our gifts, of our resources, of ourselves. Will we, will we be like Mary and Joseph? Will we be willing to offer to God in an ongoing way whatever he calls us to offer to him? And will that involve sacrifice on our, on our part? All too often, we, we, we offer what doesn't involve sacrifice. We offer what's convenient. We offer what's comfortable. We offer what doesn't cost us too much. But the example of Mary and Joseph calls us to ongoing sacrifice in in offering ourselves and all that we are to God and his service. Romans chapter 12 puts it like this. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy shown to you, to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Great, uh, great verses, I, I, I think, to reflect on as we enter a new year. Because God calls us not just to do what we please, he calls us not just to have our own plans and purposes, but, but to, he calls us not to conform to the pattern of this world, but he calls us to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. This is your spiritual act of worship. I want to give you a few moments now, just, just a couple of moments to reflect on that, to reflect personally. If, if, if you're a journaler, just uh, maybe you'll, you'll journal or write things down, but uh, just take a moment or two to reflect personally as, as we each consider our response to the question, what will I offer or present to the Lord into the year ahead? Just a few moments now of personal, uh, contemplative, reflective, uh, prayerful response in, in our hearts and minds to that question, what will I offer or present to the Lord into the year ahead? Gracious God, thank you for your mercy that you've shown to us. And thank you that out of that, we are able to offer or present to you what you call us to. So as we've just considered and reflected on on what that might look like for each of us, pray that you continue to prompt us and stir us and guide us and lead us as to what you call each of us to in this. Amen. The second question to consider today, though, arises out of the verses that come next. 
verses 25 to 35, and what we learn from Simeon. What am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? Because what we see with Simeon, it describes from verse 25 how Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, it says, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And so moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts and uh, he took Jesus in his arms and praised God, recognising that this indeed was the Messiah. What am I waiting for? Some football supporters have been waiting a lifetime to see their team win a premiership. Poor old Melbourne supporters, they waited, and there's a few of them, in, in, in this church family, they waited 57 years till 2021 was their year. They couldn't even go and see it. COVID was there, it was over, held over in Perth. Poor old St Kilda supporters. Well, they're still, they're still, they've been waiting 57 years since 1966. Simeon, though, had spent year after year in his lifetime, it tells us here, waiting for what? The coming of the Messiah. Waiting for God's Son, the Saviour. And here in these verses, we see what he'd been waiting for for so long, becoming in God's perfect time a reality. He saw the Messiah for himself. He was able to hold Jesus uh, in, in his arms and pray a blessing over him and, 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 and acknowledge that. So I wonder, as you enter a new year, what are you waiting and hoping for? Perhaps for many years you've been, you've been uh, entrusting to God. Perhaps for many years you've been waiting and wondering, God, when, when will you bring this to, to be? Maybe it's a prayer for someone close to you to come to know Jesus or to come back to Jesus. Maybe it's the restoring of a relationship that has not been all that you would have hoped it to be. Maybe it's a breakthrough in an area of your life, health, work or, or, or something else that has seemed like it's never going to happen maybe. Or maybe it's something else that is important to you. Waiting for anything is never easy, let alone those things that are important to us, those things that are close to our heart. But as we enter a new year, we can entrust what we are waiting for to God afresh. We can know that God is, is someone who we can trust with all things, that his purposes and plans will come to be in his perfect time. Isaiah says, the, uh, God says through the prophet Isaiah, these uh, remarkable words that, we, uh, that are good for us to be reminded of regularly. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait on the Lord or those who hope in the Lord will what? Will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Those verses are a great reminder that God is aware, God is attentive, God is the everlasting God. And, and as we wait and entrust things to him, we can know that he strengthens, he sustains and strengthens, but also he brings things about in, in, in his perfect timing and according to his purposes. So I want to give you the opportunity now 
to share with others around you. It might be just a couple of you, it might be three, four of you in the, who are sitting near you, behind you, beside you, wherever it might be. What is something that you are waiting for? What is something that you need to continue to entrust to God as a new year begins? Some of you may have things to share, others of you may not. That's okay. But again, just that opportunity. What is something that you're waiting for? Something that you need to continue to, uh, that you're hoping for, that you continue to entrust to God looking into the year ahead. So I invite you to turn to others around you, as I say, whether it's uh, just, just two or three or four, whatever, in smaller groups, and to, uh, to, to share, if, uh, you, if you feel you can, something that you might be waiting for or hoping for under God. A couple of minutes for us to do that together as well. So as I uh, so draw us back together again now, the, uh, the first question, what will I offer or present to the Lord in the year ahead? What am I hoping for or waiting for that I'm entrusting to God? And finally and thirdly this morning, what do you have to give thanks to God for? At our family Christmas gathering this year, I don't know about the uh, what your Christmas gathering looked like. But at our family Christmas gathering, uh, we spanned three generations and uh, we considered a number of questions as a part of our um, uh, sharing time together. And one of those was, what are three things that you have to be thankful or grateful for? And in our sharing with one another, we, uh, we were blessed as we reflected on what there was to be thankful or grateful to God for in each of our lives uh, across the generations. And yes, there'd been some challenges, but nevertheless, even in the midst of challenges, there are always things to be able to give thanks to God for. In fact, God says in 1 Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. That sounds to me like it just about covers everything. <laughs> I wonder how often that is our focus, to give thanks in all circumstances to focus on what we have to give thanks to God for no matter what else might be going on in our life. And this is something we can certainly learn from Anna in. Because when you take a closer look, uh, not just at, at Simeon and what he was waiting for, the Bible describes, but when you, take a, when you look at Anna, verses, uh, the, the verses 36, um, it says there was a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. Now, Asher wasn't... Uh, of, of the tribes of Israel, Asher wasn't a very significant one. It, it was a fairly insignificant one. Um, so not only was she from a tribe that wasn't uh, all that significant, but then you read about what happened. It says she was, uh, she was very old. Not only she was old, but she was very old. And she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. So she was only married for seven years and then she was widowed. And, uh, and, and so life had, she experienced the loss of her husband early on in life. She'd spent much of her life on her own as a widow. And like Simeon, she too was older in years, very old we read. But with that backdrop, what else do we read? That she focused on what she could give thanks to God for. That's what, that's what it describes about her. Coming up to, to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God. She gave thanks to God. She didn't complain, she didn't, that, 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 that's not what we, she didn't focus on what she didn't have or what she hadn't had, she focused on what she could give thanks to God for. 
whether 2023 has been a difficult year or a delightful year for you. Whether it's been one that you'll be glad to leave behind or one that you'll be sad to leave behind on this last day of the year. And on the dawn, not just of a new day tomorrow, but a new year. What do you have to give thanks to God for, I wonder? And that's uh, what we're going to provide an opportunity for now. Uh, Just as my family shared with one another as we thought about that question, the opportunity I'm going to provide is for us to share as, as a church family uh, to, to what, do, what do we have or what do I have to give thanks to God for? It could be all kinds of different things. It might be small things, uh, things that you don't think are all, all that significant, or it might be very significant things. But what do you have to give thanks to God for? I encourage you to do that over morning tea. Morning tea has been confirmed. <laughs> it is on <laughs> and so that, that's good to go but, uh, but, but we're going to have a sharing time now with the, with the roving mic uh, what, do you, what can you give thanks to God for uh, whether, you, whether the year's been not a great year for you or whether it's been a great year for you what do you have to give thanks to God for at the end of one year and coming to the, the start of another one so uh, we'll move into uh, that opportunity now as just for you to reflect on and as you, feel, uh, as you feel led to share about. What do I have to give thanks to God for? Some really, uh, some really significant uh, things shared to give thanks for. Matters of life, matters of faith, matters uh, around those that uh, are nearest and dearest to those who've shared. And uh, so we give thanks to God for who he is and we give thanks to God for his faithfulness. So let me lead you in prayer now. Let me uh, continue to encourage you to over morning tea and continue conversations with one another, not just about the weather and all that it's not, <laughs> but uh, about, about significant life issues and faith issues, about matters that uh, are close to our heart and and what can we give thanks for? What are you waiting uh, and hoping for and trusting to God in an ongoing way? And what what will you offer or present to the Lord over the year ahead? Let me wrap uh, up this time in prayer. Lord, you are the God of yesterday, today and tomorrow. Thank you that you're aware of all that has been. But uh, you, you, you're, the God of Chris, you're the God of the Christmas story, but you're also the God of history. You're aware of all that's ahead into the new year as well, even though we're not. Thank you that day by day you are faithful and that your mercy's in you every day. And out of all that's been shared uh, to, to, to give thanks for, Lord, that we, uh, we do indeed lift these things up before you with thanksgiving. Uh, many and varied things have been shared, uh, many uh, deep things and significant things. Lord, thank you that you are the God that we are acknowledging, um, not only as our Saviour but as our Lord, the God that we are giving thanks to. But Lord, as we give thanks for, for all that you are and uh, what, what you have done and your blessings, we also entrust to you what we are waiting and hoping for those things that uh, perhaps have been shared in, in smaller groups, those things that uh, also can be significant, things that we're, uh, uh, we're wondering about, that we're waiting on you for, hoping and trusting you to do what only you can do. 
but we also are seeking to offer up to you what you are calling us to into the year ahead. Lord, help us individually and collectively as your people in this place uh, to offer ourselves up afresh as living sacrifices, as people who, um, who are your people called by you to be and to do what you've called us to be and do. So reveal that to us afresh uh, into this year ahead and help us to, uh, to, to be uh, attentive to you. As uh, Simeon was moved by your spirit and, and led by you, help us to be led by you individually and together as your people. And so, Lord God, uh, we, we bring all these things before you in and through the wonderful name of Jesus, our Saviour and our Lord, in whose name we pray.